This is Leisha Holmes and I'm your host on the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast brought to you by Hoxo Media. I'm absolutely honoured and thrilled to welcome to our channel today, Neil Clough, who is the owner and co-founder of This Is Prime. Welcome to our channel today, Neil. How are you? I'm really well, Leisha. Looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. I'm really excited. We've obviously got to know each other really well over the last few years. And for those who have got a good memory, you might recognise Neil if you're watching us on YouTube, who was on The Apprentice a few years ago, infamously so. About seven years ago. So yeah, we'll go with that. Yeah, no, definitely. It's a, and it's been lovely to get to know you over the years and you've got an incredible business out there. And we really want to share with our audience today a topic that I know is particularly at the sort of heart of everything that you do as a business. So we're going to talk today about young talent and attracting young talent, because I think as, you know, I'm obviously a rector and you, you work at the graduate market. I think it's really important that our listeners who are leaders and aspiring leaders understand what they can do to make their businesses attractive to the next generation. So first and foremost, let's sort of strip it back a little bit. Why should we be thinking about investing in young people? Why is that important as a strategy, first of all? Yeah, I think the first thing I'll, I'll mention is um, there has to be a mix. So we're uh, a specialist in helping graduates get into sales and recruitment roles, okay? And obviously I'm a massive ambassador that we should be investing in young talent. However, I also believe that young talent will only be successful if they've got the experienced people to learn from and develop from. So, you know, I'm more about there has to be a mix. The most successful sales and recruitment teams that I've worked in or that I've met or the companies that we represent have a really good mix between trainee and experience. So I think that's the first point to make. In terms of why we should hire, though, um, I suppose, trainees is because we're going to be a very old recruitment and sales yeah. teams we don't right so what we should be looking at is how we create the future leaders of the industry we've also got to think about succession planning right you know i'm pretty yeah. sure you've got leaders in all our businesses now but you know who are the next leaders who's coming up through the ranks and if we don't know that then that's a problem right because there's going to be a point where they may unfortunately uh, leave there may yeah. be a point where they need to develop into other roles so we need to be succession planning and then the final thing on young people is it brings that energy, it brings that fun, and that actually helps with retention. So it's proven that young people coming in um, helps with retention of the older generation as well as the younger generation because of that investment in people. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's, you know, just from a, a cultural perspective, as we, you know, we record this now where we are still in lockdown, but as it gets broadcast, we will hopefully be in a much freer environment. Everybody's sort of heading back into the office, even if it's a blended approach. And the fact is that, you know, young people around us create energy. We can learn so much from them. You know, think about social media. We've just been talking off camera about Clubhouse, TikTok. These are the, these are the people that know what the latest platforms are. So there are so many benefits to sort of having that blend, blended approach. I mean, just as an aside, if we think about the last 12 months, has there been a lack of investment in young people, do you think? I mean, let's sort of contextualise yeah, it. And why, why did that happen? Why did people stop hiring trainees? You know, let's be really honest and, and upfront. You know, we were the market, you know, going back to, uh, can you believe it's a year? Obviously, no. Um, going back to that um, devastating time and um, obviously where, you know, our businesses fell off a cliff and, you know, I'm pretty sure you agree with me, um, that wasn't the biggest issue when there's people in the world that are losing lives. However, from a yeah. business element, 
Um, yes, it did. And what happened was, unfortunately, when people started to hire again, you know, as we started to get a bit more confidence, it was kind of, we'll hire people that we can plug in and go, right? We don't want to hire the rookies. We don't want to hire the trainees. Who's going to manage them? They can't work from home. They can't be effective. We'll, uh, we'll hire experienced. Um, so, yeah, there was, it's a really tough time for young people. And, um, you know, having a young team, investing in young people as we do in our own company, as well as what we represent, yeah. is... I believe it's been a massive challenge on mental health uh, for young people because mm. um, when you're young, what's what can you do? It's all about going out, enjoying yourself, yep. and that's the one thing that's been taken away. So yes, definitely. I feel that um, young people have had it really tough, um, and companies, uh, graduates that we represent in, you know, have come from a generation of not being able to get jobs. So 2020 graduates have struggled, right? There's still many of them that haven't got really? roles, and now we're coming up to 2021 graduates that are going to join the market so yeah I feel that the, the younger generation were overlooked because of the concern quite naturally of companies not being able to onboard and train mm, whereas actually their whole mindset is very much about you know doing things through technology so there's an assumption there but I, I you know having experienced it myself and you know the economic tragedy that happened in March 2020 you know is it can't be compared to the health tragedy but I think it has had a massive impact on everybody's well-being so that's why this podcast topic is so important to us isn't it because we want to ensure that you know we're being compassionate to what businesses have gone through and to what those individuals are going through but we, we have a almost um, an obligation really a responsibility as business owners and as more experienced people to ensure we are attracting the right sort of the right sort of young people into the business and ensuring that the, this kind of awful bottleneck now for them this generation is we, we do our best to give them the skills to allow them to find the right opportunity the right career path for them so and I guess in terms of investing in, in young people and, and making sure that businesses are ready to do that if we are still looking at a blended approach what have you seen in terms of best practice for businesses to ensure that they do still feel connected and that they're getting the right training and support yeah, I think, I think it's important. I mean, uh, firstly, you know, being a business owner, you know, I appreciate uh, both sides <laughs> to of course, this. Uh, of course you, know, you do. Um, in young people where you work in remote, uh, there's, a, there's a massive element of trust and there isn't the skill set, so how are we going to train yeah. them? Yeah. Um, and the flip side of that, um, we need to give young people a chance, right? So it is a catch-22. However, I think the businesses that have embraced that we're not going to stop investing in young people will be the businesses that come out of this far better than the businesses that stopped yeah um and the one point i just want to make on that as well is hiring young people shouldn't be about cost and that's the one thing that would really annoys me when it's okay we can get cheap resource well you know let's hire three for the price of what we get one experience and hope that one works no um, oh no i'm so glad you've said the, that oh they're the, they're the businesses that are going to struggle because if you want to create those future leaders, we've got to embrace that they've got to be a bit of patience uh, yeah. through their training development. We've got to give people the time to get that ROI. Um, and businesses that do and embrace that are, I believe, the businesses that will be you know, ultra successful when we come through what has been one of the most challenging times you know, I've certainly ever worked within. Yeah, me too. Absolutely. So, okay, we're thinking about you know, positive messages here. So companies are absolutely open and receptive now to bringing through succession plans with hiring young talent but the most important thing is once you've got those people through the door you've just given the scenario there that makes me shiver which is we'll just get three in you know if two don't work out then you know it's kind of ROI but how do companies ensure that they are retaining the young young people but actually all their key people as well we don't want to 
sort of have people shoving out the other end so how do we retain the talent because that's the critical thing for any business leader right now we interrupt this episode of the recruiters recruitment podcast to bring you a message from our wonderful sponsors over at hoxo media now recruitment agencies invest heavily in linkedin licenses because ultimately it's where we're all at Given that we spend an average one to two hours a day on our phones, the rest of the time is spent scrolling through LinkedIn, looking for unicorn candidates and target clients. Now, if we look at the recruitment training programs that are available, they tend to be focused around outbound phone sales and leadership skills. So how do you, our listener, maximize the huge investment of time and money that is spent on LinkedIn? Well, this is where Hoxo Media is solving this problem for hundreds of recruitment agencies, and we want to share this message with you. Their academy program allows recruiters across the globe being coached in how to optimize their LinkedIn profile, creating daily habits for building out that unbelievable audience, that target audience, where they're producing their own valuable content that engages the right people and ultimately drives content into inbound sales conversations. As I mentioned, they're working with hundreds of recruitment agencies, and there are over 300 recruiters every month enrolling on the academy, which enables them to increase their knowledge in how to basically develop the best content and maximize the results from LinkedIn. And to be honest with you, the testimonies have been absolutely incredible. So by enrolling in the academy with just one single payment, you can train your entire business for 12 months, which is why I'm so excited to share this message with you, our listener. So if you're a traditional recruiter like me, and you're an owner of a business, or you've got teams working for you who rely on outbound calls to attract clients and candidates, then really, you do need to listen to this message and get in touch. You might find that you are using LinkedIn, but perhaps just for sharing jobs on there. And you struggle generally for um, original content ideas and ultimately the confidence to actually know what is going to be good content for driving that inbound business. So I would love you to speak to Hoxo Media. Drop me a DM either on the link on this message on this episode or send me a WhatsApp and I can give you more information on how your agency can benefit from joining this program. Enjoy the rest of the episode. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's a, it's a generational thing. So, um, 70% of study, uh, that I've seen recently, and I do quite a lot around kind of how we motivate and retain young people in our businesses, predominantly yeah. what we do sales and recruitment, right? Which is high pressurized and, and so on. 70% of young people are impatient, right? Okay. So, uh, and that comes from, let's be honest, ASOS delivery comes the next day. You know, I'm in my office in prime, the stuff, the ASOS guy comes three or four times a day. I'm like, surely he could have just come once. Right. <laughs> Um, Amazon, get the same day. Someone lost earphones the other day. They came the same afternoon, right? I'm thinking, this is incredible. So we're in, we're in that era where we can get anything we want, anytime we want, and we don't have to be patient. Now, so we've got to embrace that. As leaders now, we have to embrace that. You can't change the way technology has changed, okay? So no. you, you embrace it or you get left behind. That, that's the honest side of it. Good. So two things that motivate young salespeople and recruiters is no different to what motivated them 10, 20 years ago. It's money and progression. The difference is they want it now. They're okay. not willing to wait, okay? So the tip from a retention point of view is um, make it quicker, make it faster. So a couple of tips I can give to that. Earning potential, commission schemes, young people, stay away from quarterly. Right. It's got 
to be, it's got to be monthly, if not weekly incentives to drive that impatience okay. to work closely. Yeah. And then the bigger one, progression. Um, we're not going to get into the debate about what's more important, money or progression, because, you know, I was always more progression, if I'm honest, than money, and I hear it has to be money. Well, I kind of debate that, but I do believe it has to be both. But with progression, um, businesses that are working really smart and something that we, I suppose that we, we've embraced here at Prime is do step change roles. So if you bring someone, let's use recruitment, come in as a resourcer, okay? It takes a year to get to a recruiter. It's too long. It's too long because 70% of people are impatient. So six months, make them a senior resourcer, give them a bit more responsibility, maybe a slight increase in salary or just responsibility. And then in a year's time, they become a recruiter. But it looks like that two promotions over the same period of time will keep that engagement, will work to the impatient side of what young people have. So for me, there's a couple of things I think we can do to embrace uh, that impatientness. Um, and fundamentally, it's about hiring the right people to start. But there, there are a couple of things that I would advise companies to look at if they're going to engage and retain young people. I think that instant gratification as a parent of two teenagers, and I know that you're a dad as well, is absolutely on the money. And the thing is, you can't push against the tide. So if you're listening to this and thinking, but, you know, I, we've, we've got a quarterly scheme. It's always worked for you more senior people, of, you know, having thinking about an EMI scheme. Of course, golden handshake, amazing. But we're talking about young generation, this generation's there. They want it literally now. I mean, I, I, I'm on first name terms with my delivery drivers, EU. Because, I mean, every day, and I, when, once you've got teenagers, trust me, they'll just order it themselves yeah. off the phone. So yeah. I, I totally and utterly back everything that you've said there. And it could be, you know, um, how many vacancies can we get on this week? Whoever wins that gets a £25 voucher for Selfridges. Whatever it is, that instant gratification is so important. And take that on board. We're not talking about changing your whole bonus scheme here long term. And the other part that you talked there about progression, because I'm with you. I think meritocracy and recruitment is what makes it the most incredible industry to be part of, but it should never just be about money. It should be about that career path. And I agree with you that maybe give them that additional responsibility. If you can see that they've got a shining, you know, torch on being an influencer on social media, make them a social media mogul within your business, you know, let them champion something, diversity and inclusion, you know, give them extra sort of gratification, it's, I guess. It's interesting you say, because um, we're actually in a point where, um, the future leaders right now, so um, millennials, okay, so millennials are probably aged, um, I think about, uh, don't quote me on this, I'm sure it's about 25 to 40. So they're probably going to be your leaders in recruitment. And they, they were impatient. They were already impatient, right? Now you've got Gen Z, which are up to about 24 to 25 age. And they're the young, they're the young guys that are coming through now at the level. So or the leaders in your company are probably just as impatient as the rookies that are coming in, right? Because of the generational approach to it. So for me, embracing that quickness is, is really important for businesses because you'll see that if people don't feel they are progressing, if they don't feel that they can earn money quicker, then they yeah, will leave. They will That's leave. the reality. If you don't embrace it, you'll be left behind. And uh, the companies that are doing that really, really well at the moment and embracing that. So, um, yeah, it's yeah, really good. And can I just say that it, it, it it's, uh, never leaves you. I'm nearly 47 and, and I'm still impatient as anything. And I, everything they say there, you know, that's what, that's why we do the job. It's that, it's that buzz. It's that, hey. Um, genuinely people that get into recruitment, um, 
probably are impatient anyway because we, we, we do get in it for money and progression. We get in it so that we can progress at the pace we want to progress and make the money that we want to make. So surely there's actually a case to say most people, I'd say, in recruitment are, are going to be impatient. Definitely. Absolutely. It's a wonderful trait to have. Absolutely. Definitely. So bringing in the other side of your business, which you are absolutely incredible at, which is the training and development aspect. And, you know, again, over the last 12 months, you know, people have looked at the granular of their cost base. They've potentially not invested where they should do. So why do you believe that as a strategy, training and development is critical to retention of all your staff, not just young talent? Yeah, I love a good start, as you've probably seen, but um, there's another stat that I've got, which is, um, and again, um, it's around this, so again, don't quote me definitely, but around this, uh, from the studies shown, 75% of young people um, say that um, training and education is important to them. So again, it's a generational thing. We're coming from a generation that, if we're honest, are over-educated. So most people have a degree, right? It doesn't make a difference anymore. When I went to school, if you had a degree, you know, you were, you were different. Yeah. Not anymore. Everybody has a degree. And people now are staying on in education to get a master's because that makes them different and stand out from the crowd. But So the degree doesn't make them different. But what it has done is meant that we've got pe young people want educating. They want development. You know, 75% are saying that if companies give me that, it's a key reason to stay. Yeah. So um, training is absolutely the key to success for, for, for bringing a rookie through, trainees through. What does it do? It helps deliver better results. What does it do? It gets you the results quicker. And most importantly, it makes good people stay for longer. Mm. So why wouldn't we train and develop people is, is the question. A um, couple of things I think we can do, though, I suppose, for companies out there that have got young people in and it's kind of, you know, we know they're impatient, we're talking about that. What can we do? Well, again, it's speeding it up a little bit. Weekly one-to-ones, you know, are we religiously giving our one-to-ones to our new people? Are we asking them where they're going right, where they're going wrong? Are we got monthly training workshops? One of the things that I think works really well is as well is having in-touch mentors, right? right. If, I, if I mentor um, the new, newest person coming in right now, I might be a bit out of touch, you know, and I like to say I've still, I've still got it, but I might be a little bit out of touch. So for me, mentors should be people that are only a couple of years ahead in the cycle because, yeah. they, because people look up to someone and can actually go, do you know what? You were only there two years ago. That's Absolutely. a I'm 20 years and down a career and, and so on. So, I think giving development, but giving development from the people in your business that are being there, that are doing it, that are maybe only a couple of years ahead of that person, because the rookies look up to them and go, do you know what? I can achieve that too. It's insight, it's in reach, and it works on that impatience. So that would be my kind of advice to training development because we're all busy. We're all so I love busy. That. I love that. What an amazing sort of empowered message that gives to every single person that's in your team that it's in sniffing distance I can see that in two years that could be me you're absolutely right and you know it creates a buddy scheme it creates closeness relationships respect mutual respect and it just like you say for busy busy leaders who you know we're more stretched than ever you know there's more pressure on us than ever before actually what you're doing is you're delegating the things that you should probably be delegating I love that Neil that's an absolute piece of gold that in touch mentors we should all be doing that stop and think, think of doing that in your business important that, um, when you've got young people who are investing in that you know they appreciate as well with running businesses and you know most recruitment businesses you know what's the sweet spot you know I would imagine a lot of your, your listeners in recruitment companies 
uh, anywhere between 10, 20 heads potentially. Um, obviously, we've got uh, some really successful bigger companies and really successful smaller companies. But ten, generally, when we've got smaller, smaller teams, training, training is the thing that gets missed. Um, or training's done by, you know, uh, the people at the top. And for me, being trained by people that you're in touch with, you're closer to, yeah. um, works. And also flip side of that, it's a retention tool for those people because the people that are delivering the mentorship and the training are then getting the leadership skills. So it's Absolutely. all about... Absolutely. And if everyone was doing this, I would have no candidates. I'd just like to say. Um, <laughs> there you go. Just a little... Just out of business there, Lisa. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Definitely. Oh my gosh. I knew you'd come up with loads of amazing goals for us. And I've got so much respect for what you and Nicole have achieved as a business. You know, I'm all, I'm a huge advocate of what you do for young people and what the journeys that you've put people on. And I hope you continue to do so. And in a few years time, you'll be getting my mini me. She's definitely on path to becoming a future recruiter. Just got to get her through GCSEs. So you, she might not even make it to university. That's where I'm at. Um, but thank you so much and I really appreciate your time today. It's been really valuable to all our listeners. Pleasure. I've really enjoyed it. Thanks for the time.